This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. I would like to talk about a very interesting aspect of Duke Ellington's music, and that is his fascination with trains and also recreating the sounds of trains in specific pieces that he wrote. In the 1930s, specifically 1934, Ellington was doing very well commercially with his publications, recordings, and appearances. The band was traveling around the country, and he and his manager decided that it would be advantageous for the Ellington Orchestra to travel in its own train cars. So Ellington was traveling by train, and he loved trains. He was very much afraid of flying. He didn't like boats. In his own words, he said that trains stimulated his creative juices. One of Duke Ellington very first recordings in 1924 he made with his group called the Washingtonians was called Choo Choo gotta get there in a hurry and this is probably his very first recording and it's also interesting because the title of it really brings to mind the train theme that is interwoven throughout his career this is not really a train piece in terms of programmatic music you're not going to hear a lot of sounds that kind of bring to mind or symbolize the images of trains but it's a very clever piece nonetheless it also features the great train trumpet player Bubber Miley, whose growling trumpet solos epitomized Duke Ellington's music from the 1920s, and also a wonderful alto saxophonist by the name of Toby Hardwick, Choo Choo, from 1924. Again, the connection with trains in this particular piece is in the title, not so much Duke recreating the sounds of the train through his musicians. But there's a very interesting uh, trumpet solo in this piece by Bubber Miley from 1924. Again, Bubber was his star soloist from about 1924 to 1930-ish, and when he left and was replaced by uh, Cootie Williams. But Miley plays a wonderful trumpet solo about 1 minute and 23 seconds into this. Let's check out a little bit of Bubber Miley's solo from 1924. Again, wonderfully crazy creative soloist and great use of the plunger mute. At the very end of the piece, we finally get to hear the train whistle. Check this out. (laughs) 
1933, Allentine wrote an amazing piece entitled Daybreak Express. It was after the group had returned from a tour, a very successful tour of Europe. And in 1933, Allington was really writing very well. I mean, he had spent quite a few years at the Cotton Club. He had a wonderful orchestra, and his style of writing was really beginning to coalesce and mature. And, you know, he was a painter before he was a musician. Early on in his career, he had an opportunity to go to art and design school or to become a musician. He chose to become a musician and composer. In many ways, he would use his musicians as if they were colors on a palette and paint music. So he was really interested in sound and different colors. He wasn't, I don't believe he was so much interested in form and structure or architecture of the music as he was in sound and recreating sounds from life through his musicians. And the way he would combine different instruments and different musicians who had very, very unique sounds was very clever. Now this piece, Daybreak Express from beginning to end, is a pure train piece. I mean, he is recreating the sounds of the whistles, of the wheels going on the track. And of course, if you you've ever been on a train, when it hits certain parts of the track, there's a bump, bump, bump that creates a rhythm. And he's able to incorporate all these sounds into this piece. It is a masterwork. So let's check out Daybreak Express, and then we'll stop along the way, and I'll try to point out some really interesting things about this piece. Close your eyes and just listen to this piece. You can hear the train slowly leaving the station. And this is before diesel or the electric trains. I mean, this is a steam locomotive and it is gaining momentum as those engines are are heating up and those wheels are speeding up. And you can just hear it just leaving the, the station. And back in those days when the trains would travel, they would go through cities and big cities and, and people would watch the trains. And, and, and a lot of times these firemen or engineers would know people and they would just like play like little melodies on on the train whistles and he's also incorporating that through Johnny Hodges, probably Otto Hardwick and of course uh, Cootie Williams. That was an amazing saxophone soli. In other words, Ellington writes the melody for the saxophone section. He harmonizes it. It's very intricate. And again, it sounds to me very much like the wheels on the track and the train is at full speed. And it's creating these wonderful rhythms and melodies and these naturally occurring rhythms and melodies that all trains create when they run on the tracks. And then Cootie Williams comes in and he's playing kind of hide and seek with the, with the saxophone section, or you might call it call and response. So the saxophone's play something and of course then Cootie plays one or two notes much like a train whistle it's very very clever and the way he way Ellington uses the sound of the saxophone section and of course the execution of that solely is just masterful 
an important aspect of Duke Ellington and his infatuation with trains is it goes really much deeper. It has to do with African-American, um, I guess, 19th century mythology and the fascination with trains. That being said, I mean, you just think about the Underground Railroad, a railroad that would take people from bondage and deliver them to freedom. So trains had this mythical image of being able to deliver people from unhappy circumstances, much the way Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt to the Promised Land. So trains had that same kind of imagery or mythology. And that's why many blues compositions have uh, trains in, in their titles or themes, because it, it offered an opportunity to deliver people. And that's an, another part of the important relationship between Ellington's music and trains, because it, there's a larger picture at work here. And, and it's also a very important aspect of, of this music. The next piece I'd like to play for you is from 1939, and it's entitled Way Low. It's not a train piece in the style of Daybreak Express. It's not recreating the sound of an old locomotive leaving the station and reaching top speed and then the fireman blowing the whistle. This has certain parts of it that do sound very much like a train, but it's not an entirely train-devoted piece. The part of the composition that really recreates the sound of the train is the very beginning, this long, slow, plaintive train whistle, um, like you might hear in the middle of the night from far away, and then the images that it might bring to mind. So let's check out the opening to the 1939 recording of Duke Ellington's Way Low. One might also categorize this piece as a jungle-styled piece. Um, Ellington wrote you know, many different styles of music, and, and his jungle works tended to be kind of slow, plaintive, kind of mysterious and moody, and also in the minor mode. So this has a lot of characteristics that you might say it's, it's part of his jungle style, but that opening chord there played by the woodwinds definitely, to me, sounds like a train whistle. And it's, it's a kind of a slow, lugubrious piece. So the piece ends with the train passing by and it's in the distance and again you hear that plaintive sound of the train whistle. The next piece I'd like to play for you is called Jack the Bear, and it is a wonderful piece from the early 1940s. And this piece, Jack the Bear, is a combination of a lot of things. It could be a concerto because it features Jimmy Blanton. It also features many of the other musicians in the group. But there are certain aspects of this piece that are very train-like. You're going to hear a couple of excerpts from this, and the first thing you're going to hear is what we call the Doppler effect. You're going to hear the train that's far away, and as it comes closer, it gets louder and then you're going to hear the wheels on the track. I don't know what the relationship between the train and Jack the Bear is but it is definitely here in this piece.
That section of Jack the Bear is loaded with references to trains. The Doppler effect, the train is far away as it comes closer, it gets louder. Um, the sounds of the saxophones recreating the wheels on the track, and of course, all the whistles that you would hear, whether it's from Cootie Williams or from Barney Begard on the clarinet or Johnny Hodges on the saxophone. It's recreating the sound of a train. And our next show will continue with Ellington's train music and play some other wonderful pieces and excerpts from some very important compositions. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazzinsights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta. Thank you.